Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. We're going to have a healing service this morning. We're just going to see how the Lord wants to do it. And I know I want Karen to come and share her testimony. So Father, right now we pray over those who are watching both here and watching online and those who will be watching it and those who will be hearing it even in the future, Lord. Father, that there will come a desire in them to trust you for complete healing. Father, that you carried all of our sickness. You you actually took upon yourself all of our diseases everything satan could put on us you took it so that we could be free from it so lord right now we pray over the nations that are watching lord god we pray for those in india right now lord many of them don't have access to some of the medical things we have here in the u.s even though that's even getting iffy but lord we just pray right now that you would just touch them right now even at the beginning of today's um, healing service, Lord, that they would begin to feel your presence and your power on them. Ho! Lord God, that right now, the spirit of disease and sickness, the spirit that's been released of fear about disease and about viruses and flus right now, we come against that power of fear. We come against that spirit that's been released by the enemy, Lord, that many would call a plague. Lord, we come against it now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we plead the blood of Christ over ourselves, over our families, over these homes, over those watching in India, in Uganda, in the Philippines, um, in Brazil, Lord God, and those who are watching in Israel, Lord God. Father, we just plead the blood of Jesus right now, those in Peru, Lord God. Father, those who are watching in Canada, Father God, we just come in agreement as touching father god that your church is going to rise up in this hour and we will not be affected the way the world is affected by the schemes of the enemy and we give you praise god for who you are i thank you that you are a healing god it's your will to heal it's your will to heal every single time it's for freedom that you set us free you made us in your image and your likeness. You give us an opportunity to be your sons and your daughters, to move into a place of being even your bride. And you want us completely whole. You want us healed and delivered and set free. And Father, we come in agreement with you, Jesus, as you're interceding this morning. Ho! For those who are here and those who are watching. And Lord, that your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woo! Yay, God. So where's Karen? I'm going to have Karen come and share her testimony where she was healed from uh, melanoma cancer. And if you don't need healing, then be thankful, amen? But get encouraged to go and pray for somebody else, amen? Get, be encouraged to go and pray. Satan has made it so nobody wants to lay hands on anybody, amen? And he's trying to stop the power of the church from healing. So we need to begin to be those people who walk in faith and bring healing, amen? Everywhere we go. Amen. Well, in 2001, um, I had been going through a trial unrelated to anything physical, um, quite a trial, and I was 
and during that time, I was really having to deal with some serious things in my own heart. And God was really just going deep in me and making me have to face issues um, of relationships and different things, uh, get healing, get deliverance, and um, really search my own heart, get rid of my own stuff. And um, so I had been going through that for quite, quite a few years, probably at least six years, um, of really going through a sanctification process and a purging and um, getting truth in my heart and letting go of lies and all of these things. Well, in 2001, I, um, I had a tumor on my arm. I had, really, I had burned myself in the, on the oven, like lifting something out of the oven, I'd burned myself, and there was a scar there. So because it was a scar and it had been there for a while, I didn't really realize, I just thought that it was, you know, getting a little irritated in the sun or, you know, because usually it was just when I was outside or something, it would get kind of... Um, uh, like inflamed or, you know, irritated. And, um, but it was just kind of getting redder and redder and stuff. So, so finally my friends were like, you need to go get this checked out. Cause I always was a queen of like avoiding everything anyways. So, <laughs> which was part of the things I had to deal with. But so I, um, so I did go to the doctor and I was, um, you know, at first the doctor, my uh, doctor whose father was a dermatologist said, Oh, that just looks like um, eczema or something like that. It really doesn't look like melanoma cancer, but we're going to check it out in, in just in case. And they tested it, and he called me, and he said, it's, it's melanoma, which is the worst kind of skin cancer, the deadly kind of skin cancer. So, And it was a pretty large area on my arm. So I uh, sent me to an oncologist, and when the oncologist saw it, he kind of gasped. <laughs> which is not what you want to see an oncologist do when you go there. So I was like, okay. Um, so, of course, we were praying and had people praying, but one night, and it's hard to, to, to really remember all the timeline, but I know one night right before Major taking it all out and getting all the margins is what they call it to make sure it's all gone, um, Cindy and I were talking on the phone, we were talking about it, and all of a sudden, honest to goodness, in front of me materialized a spirit of death. I saw it with my own eyes. It was taller than I. I could tell you facial features. I can tell you exactly how it looked. Kind of like um, a large bat, but like also with human features and stuff. So anyway, I was kind of... You know, and at the same time, it's like I felt the warfare in the room. I felt warfare in the room. I felt the presence of the Lord, that he was revealing something, but also the presence of darkness, you know. So I wouldn't say that I was necessarily frightened, but it was very serious. So I told Cindy while we were talking, I told her what, what I had just seen. And then I told her, I'm seeing the spirit right in front of my face. And I had seen the spirit um, one or two times before. And um, so and it just kind of appeared for a second, then took off. But this time it stood in front of me. I know that sounds kind of strange. But anyway, we started praying. And we actually started praying about something that happened in my childhood that I thought I'd dealt with before. But it was a threat of death that a, a babysitter 
had said, you know, if in an abuse, abusive situation, and they had said, you know, if you tell anyone, basically inferred that they would, that my life was in danger if I told anybody. And so that spirit of death was hanging out there since I was four years old, waiting for the opportunity to end my life, basically. And so, and melanoma is very serious. So, um, so Cindy started to pray and do an inner healing and really heal that place. And in that time, I really saw the Lord walk into that, you know, he kind of took me back to that room where I was and I saw the Lord walk into that place and heal my heart from that situation. And when that happened, I saw this spirit of, of death begin to shrink. Like it got smaller in front of my eyes. So I was telling Cindy, it's, it's shrinking. And I felt the presence of God so strong, but still the warfare kind of in the room, you know. So it's shrinking down, and she said, when it gets down small enough, step on it. So it got down to basically the size of a fly on oh. the floor, and I stepped on it. And I felt this, I mean, I just felt this kind of jolt, you know, <laughs> through my foot all the way up. And, um, and so, you know, and, and we, just, we just knew. We just, like, had this victory in our spirits, and we knew that something had really happened. So... The interesting thing is I went and had the, the whole thing done and they took extra out and all of that stuff. And, and um, when I went back to the, the oncologist's office to find out all the results and what, you know, he was going to go over with me what we, the next step was, what the, what the next part of the treatment would be if, if necessary. So, you know, I went to this... Um, office, and I don't know if you guys, some of you know Wade, who's now with the Lord, but he went with me just to be support, you know, um, in the office, and that very morning, right before I had gone in there, like somewhere in the middle of the night before I had gone into the um, office for that, uh, Ronald Reagan's daughter died of melanoma, and that, so they're playing the news in the office, and that was on a loop the whole time about Maureen Reagan's death from melanoma, that she had a spot on her leg, she let it go too long, and she had just passed away that night before. And so part of me like wanted to be freaked out, but yet there was, my spirit just jumped up and I honestly started laughing a little bit out loud because I knew like the enemy had been defeated. I knew what I saw. I knew what I experienced. I knew that Jesus had come and healed that place. I knew that spirit lost its power. So I, I had this joy well up inside of me and said, uh-uh, devil, you don't win on this one. <laughs> and so I went in there into the doctor's office, and he really was very surprised. He said, we didn't find anything in there. You're good to go. Like, no follow-up, no nothing. So, and he was really, like I said, he was amazed because of the size of the tumor and how long it had been there. So I just praise God because... Um, it's really amazing, you know, Amen. and this stuff works. Amen. It really works. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Woohoo. So I'm asking the Lord, you know, how do you want to do this? So one of the things when we're really believing for healing 
is number one, can I tell everybody where, if you're born, first you need to be born again of the spirit of God. Amen. You need to ask God to come into your heart. You need to expect the Holy Spirit to lead you. You need to begin to be led by revelation. Amen. What's revelation? Holy Spirit revealing things to you. Okay. You want to be led by revelation. When you read the word, you want to be led by revelation. And you want, it's great to know history. It's great to renew your mind and know what the word says in the soulish realm. But the key to real power from Holy Spirit is revelation. Amen. What is God revealing to me at this time? All of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When Karen talks about inner healing, what that actually is, is Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, right? The places where you've been wounded. He moves by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So as the Holy Spirit was giving me revelation about Karen's childhood as she was seeing things. She then, she personally had a revelation from the Holy Spirit of Jesus coming into that place of abuse where a spirit of death was placed over her. Okay. Now she had forgiven the person. You have to forgive. Amen. And, and we have lots of teaching on this. You always have to forgive. The reason you can forgive is because Jesus Christ on the cross said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I remember asking the Lord, that's when you get revelation. You get revelation when you ask the Lord to help you understand something. Amen. That's when you get revelation. It, and so I asked the Lord, I said, okay, Lord, first of all, I know he's his right. Amen. So when you read the word, don't argue with him. Amen. He and the word are one. He wrote it by his Holy Spirit. He's right. So I said, okay, Lord, here you say, that you forgive them. They didn't know what they were doing, but God, I have a feeling when they, you know, put the nails in your hand and stuck you on a cross and you're bleeding and it's called crucifixion, you know, being crucified and everybody's crucified until they die. I think they kind of knew what they were doing. So could you explain to me how they didn't know what they were doing? And that, that would take what revelation. So the Holy Spirit says to me, well, they didn't understand the spiritual side. They didn't know how much Satan was involved. They didn't know how much he was leading them. They didn't understand the prophecies about me. They did not understand the spirit realm. Therefore, they didn't know what they were doing. And I could forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Okay, so I don't care what your situation is. I mean, not that I don't care. Whatever your situation is, Jesus Christ has already won in that situation. He already won in the situation of a spirit of death being released over Karen's life by an abusive person. There's power of life and death in your tongue. There's also power. See, all this stuff we're watching right now about fear of the virus is spiritual. It's spiritual. It was purposely released to try to destroy the nations. Amen. And I'm not going to get into all that and what that, but whatever, it doesn't matter. As far as the enemy's concerned, he came up with the idea. He released it worldwide. Amen. To try to release a spirit of fear. It's the fear behind that thing that's causing the biggest amount of problems. Problems much bigger than um, what, what we've seen. Problems of complete um, anarchy for our way of life. Amen? So Karen 
never realized, and most of the church still doesn't realize, how much power is in a spirit of fear. Now, what does the Bible say? God has not given us a spirit of fear. Okay, so what we know about fear, God doesn't release it. So if you're watching news reports and they're releasing fear, if the doctor, if you can't go to a doctor who can't say something without putting fear on you, if you're, get free from being, letting fear being released at you. Amen. That's not denial. I can't get into all that. It's not pretended faith. It's a revelation that Karen had. This is really serious. There's a difference between being sober, according to God's word, the Bible says, be sober because the enemy, who is Satan, goes around like a lion looking whom he can devour. Now, people, anyway, I won't, I'll try to be nice. All right. Like a lion is not saying that he's not a lion, okay? Jesus is the lion of Judah, but how many knows he's not a lion? Amen? Like, I'm not planning to go to heaven and find out that my bridegroom king looks like a lion. Amen? So that's just giving you an idea about his personality. Just God's very colorful in how he says things and does things. So when he calls Satan being like a lion, he's telling you something about that spirit in the enemy when he wants to destroy you. And I don't know that much about lions, but if you go study it, I'm sure nowadays you can Google it and find it fast. But I do know that they are very territorial. They like to quietly wait, and then they pounce on you. Is that correct? Any lion expert? Not L-Y-I-N-G, but that's a Tuesday night topic. But L-I-O-N. Anyway, so, so you got to get the idea. What is God saying there? He's saying the enemy is looking for a place to pounce on you. And he's sneaking around waiting for it to be set up to get you. Amen. That's what, that's how the enemy operates. So when Holy Spirit gives us revelation to heal the brokenhearted places, he's actually taking us to places. You don't, how many would like to get to a place where you don't wait till the doctor says cancer, you already got to it and cancer can't manifest. Amen. How many would like to know that they know that they know that Satan can't take you out early because you have ears to hear what the spirit is saying. Let me tell you this. It is so important. It's always been important, but it is so important in the day we're living in to have spiritual ears and spiritual eyes. Amen. Spiritual ears and spiritual eyes. Jesus says all the time, let him who hear, let him hear what the spirit's saying. You, you will miss God's warnings. You will miss God trying to prevent things. Let me tell you this. God's never just sitting back going, okay, well, when they get sick enough, I'll come at them. God is always ahead of you trying to stop this thing from happening. I want you to see that. And you can go listen to my teaching on YouTube or whatever called The Spiritual Side of Tragedy. God tried to prevent the death of my daughter. He really, really did. I did not catch what he was trying to tell me because of things in my heart, which is one reason I'm on this journey to help other people get free. Amen? Don't you feel bad about that? No, there's no condemnation in Christ. Amen? It is a spiritual law in the kingdom. We're in the kingdom. It is what it is. Amen? And it's an awesome kingdom. And everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken in the hour we're living in. So don't be shocked when everything shakes. Amen? Amen? We're in a kingdom that cannot, his kingdom cannot be shaken. How many would like to land in his kingdom alone? 
Amen. Well, it's not easy, amen? Because everything of the enemy attacking, everything of the flesh, everything of generational, everything is trying to keep you from being completely in his kingdom. Amen. Every sin issue, every habit issue, every, every mess. Amen. All the flesh. Everything wants us to stay in the kingdom of darkness. Amen. God wants us out of the darkness and into his kingdom, which is a great, wonderful place where religion has made it look like, truthfully, religion, mm, you're not in the kingdom based on religion. You're actually in darkness calling it the kingdom, which causes a truckload of confusion. <laughs> Amen. Just a truckload of confusion when you become a Pharisee and you become following rules and it's all intellectually figuring this thing out. And then, and then you think, and you think you can do that well enough to, to, uh, satisfy God's requirements. <laughs> no, you cannot do this thing. Only Holy Spirit can do this thing. That's the good news. Jesus Christ died. So Holy Spirit can come live in us. So he will do this thing. Amen. That's the same for healing. Only Holy Spirit can order the steps of, 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 he orders the steps of the righteous, but he will get you where you need to be. Um, I'll just give this little testimony. Deborah, who was instantly healed well, within the meeting of breast cancer, very serious breast cancer, when the first time she ever came to a beauty fascist meeting, when we were meeting in a little tiny garage kind of place, and, and she was instantly healed. I won't go into the whole story, but... What was it that God, she was so full of fear. She was so full of unbelief. Even after God healed her, she argued about it. They actually removed her breast and found out there was no cancer there before she realized God had really healed her. Amen. But I'll tell you what, from that day on, she wanted to be made whole. She wasn't just like, well, thank you, God. She started coming. She drives an hour to get here and almost never meets, misses a meeting. Plus, she goes to conferences and other people's training sessions and other things. She just totally knew. God, I'm yours. Amen. But she wanted to be made whole. And that's actually a greater, I don't want to say greater. That's an awesome miracle when you're free from what the enemy did to you in your past. When you're free from the identity the enemy gave you, you're free from the hurt, the pain, the woundedness, the hate, the doubt, the self-hate, the hate God, all the mess. It's for freedom that he sets us free. It's not just he wants you healed because then the next time the devil hits, you can come get healed again. Then the next time he hits, you can come get healed again. God wants us free. Amen? Because he loves us. He just wants us free. Hopefully, if, if you're not really demonized, you want your children free. Amen? Now, you, you would almost, Lord, if you're like me, you're like, Lord, do it with your goodness. Amen? You want goodness way ahead of judgment. Amen? Like, goodness, Lord, win them with your goodness. Now, if it got down to it, all right, snatch them from the flames of hell. However, you have to do it. Don't let them go to hell. Amen. Amen. So, but you want to wait till it gets down to the flames of hell before you want God to snatch them from that in a way up to the, win them with your goodness. Keep drawing them with your goodness. And as a church matures and gets freer and freer, God's going to be able to do that with all of our intellectual Phariseeism. Amen. We've really been immature as a church. And I'm talking about myself and most of you too, amen, and most of the church, to draw people to God's goodness. And then people overcorrect and everything's good and everything's wonderful. Well, God is the judge. He is the Lion of Judah. He is a warring God. He is going to come back. And according to Revelations, he's going to be walking in some blood that he caused to come to those who did not bow their knee to him. Amen. We've got to see who he really is. That We need a reverent fear of the Lord. Amen. 
You have to have a fear of the Lord. So you have to forgive. I just gave you an idea, a, a revelation on how to forgive. Amen? And we got lots of teaching on that, on the mentorship, on our tapes, on our Facebook page, under the videos. You really have to begin with forgiveness. Sometimes forgiveness will take you deeper than just, okay, I forgive. You have to really get to a place of brokenness to realize they really didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know that, yes, in the natural they knew they were uh, abandoning you. In the natural they knew they were hitting you or cussing at you, right? In the natural they knew whatever they were doing was wrong. But did they understand the spirits behind it? Did they understand generational curses? Did they see what the enemy was up to? The answer is no. Amen? Therefore, God requires you to forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Amen? That's a powerful revelation. And when we forgive... We basically are just getting those bondages away from us. When we forgive, when, when Karen was able to forgive this person who had hurt her, really forgive, then that person's um, threat lost its power. But the enemy, knowing that the actual threat had never been broken, amen? So when that person spoke death over her and she blocked that in and lived in a lot of fear and intimidation, not really knowing where it was from, amen? That was where that thing was all around her. As you notice, it wasn't in her. It was outside of her manifesting itself. And it's kind of strange how she said it looked like a bat. If you ever look at my picture that my daughter left of the spirit of death that, that killed her in the picture that she drew of a tree, it looked like a big bat. That's what it looked like. So, so basically, part of this is open up and realize there's a spirit realm. Amen? Your intellect will never figure out the spirit realm. Can I get an amen? You don't want to see the spirit realms from Satan's perspective because he's going to make himself look tougher than he is. Amen? You want to see the spirit realm by the Holy Spirit. Amen? You want to be led by the spirit of the living God. Amen? And, and we need to start really getting serious about that. We should have been serious about it, but you want to really be serious about it in the day we're living in. Amen? All right. So when Karen, when the revelation of the Holy Spirit began to whatever he did, I don't remember the whole thing, but whatever he did that brought Jesus into the picture, amen, all healing of the brokenhearted places always brings Jesus into the picture where you got to, what happens is we blame God for everything, amen? People, our whole culture, culture in general, people blame God. They'll even say, well, he's sovereign. Well, when you say he's sovereign as if you're blaming him for evil, it shows you don't understand, what does sovereign mean? Sovereign means he made everything. Sovereign means he put the laws into motion. Sovereign means he put the kingdom laws into motion. That's how he's sovereign. He changes not. He says, if you do this, this is what happens. You have the power of life and death in your tongue. You're made in his image and his likeness. That's him being sovereign. What you see in the nations today is not because God wanted this in the nations today. Let me even go so far as to say, when you read the book of Revelations and you see how it all comes down, that's not because God wanted it to all come down that way. That's because he knew that's how it's all going to come down. He wanted Israel to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Messiah. They missed the day of their visitation. Let's pray. 
I, th I think most of the countries right now who are coming in this extreme place of tyrancy miss the day of their visitation. Right now, I think we're crying out for mercy to not miss, to have another opportunity, just like the Jews are going to have another opportunity. Amen? So when you're praying, recognize that. Recognize, wow, Lord, forgive us for missing the day of our visitation. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I now haven't missed the day of his visitation. Amen. I had his visitation. I missed it. And I had a big consequence from it when the enemy attacked my daughter. She's with Jesus. She's fine. Amen. Like, I never cried about that, about her. I never cried like poor Lauren. I don't have the lie that she'd be better here. Amen. She gets to come down here for a thousand years if she wants. She, I mean, yay. It, it's so different. Heaven is so much greater than this. Just stay away from people who have revelation that makes heaven look like Disneyland as if that's what you want. It's like, what is this, revelation for five-year-olds? I'm just being honest. The things with God are so much powerful than anything that we have on the earth that to actually want that in heaven as being heaven shows such an immaturity, just to be quite honest with you. Now, God says you can have anything you want. So if you want to go live in Candyland, fine. I want to go hang out with God. Amen. Oh, I don't want, I don't want earth on, in heaven. I want heaven. Amen. I want the King of Kings to be so close to me. Amen. I want to be able to say, I even told the Lord once and I meant it. I said, Lord, if I don't get to talk to you like this all the time and be with you all the time, but you're, I don't, how, how could heaven be better? If I got to stand in line to see you, how is that going to be better? Because now I can talk with you and, and see you in the spirit anytime I want. How is that going to be better? And the Lord said, Cindy, when you get to heaven, not only will you still have the Holy Spirit in you, revealing me all the time and teaching you all the time and being in you all the time, you won't have the flesh in the way. Plus, you can still get to see me too. But wow. Plus, I can come through the wall and see you anytime I want and you'll have your spirit connected with me plus my presence. Oh, it's like, wow. Amen? And, and I'm kind of, sharing some of this because you guys need to get a little deeper in recognizing about his kingdom. And this is what it's really about. It's a, start asking him questions. He answers when we ask. He's an ask, seek, and knock kind of God. He's not a just like, okay. No, you, he, you've got to be hungry for him. He says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. And, and I'll just use this example because he calls himself the bride groom king and he made us in his image and likeness and he made the male and female for real and he made them different male and female for real and all this crazy confusion we need to not let it get on our children amen but but most most hopefully you're married before you know this but we know probably you aren't some of you but because we all anyway God's taking care of us save our culture but I can just say that when a husband when the wife just kind of looks a certain way, it doesn't have to be much. The husband's right there. He's ready for intimacy. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you've been so wounded and confused and messed up and playing on too much internet junk. You need some deliverance. Amen? I mean, I'm just being honest. God set everything up like this. 
And so I want you to get that about God. He's not going to come and give you a revelation and give you a great visitation unless you are hungry and letting him know, hey. Amen. Now, now just like when he's pursuing you, he keeps showing up no matter what. Right? Even when you're running, you can't outrun him, right? Something happens, this happens and that happens and here he is. Well, Amen. That's what love looks like. But God has this spiritual law that says, look, when you show an interest in me, I'm right there. I'm right there. My prayer is that you show an interest in him before you get diagnosed with cancer, which may actually stop you from ever getting diagnosed with cancer. Before you go through a tragedy, you don't have to go through a tragedy to get close with God. What happens in a tragedy, if someone at least is, yields to Holy Spirit, is they turn to God and he's right there. How awesome if they had turned to God and let him stop the tragedy. Amen? I want us to understand our God. I want us to quit representing him through false doctrine and doctrine of demons and people trying to make themselves look faithful and God's not faithful. God is so faithful. Amen. And when you start to open your eyes to see how faithful is, you'll be amazed. You will be amazed at the faithfulness of God. No one in here found God because you were so faithful. You found God because he was so faithful and he would not quit going after you until you finally turned and looked his way. Now, how fast you grow in the things of God is completely determined by your hunger. Plain and simple, by your hunger. How often do you look to him? Now, let me tell you this, and this is something I'll open the door for sickness and everything else. If you want to hang on to your, to your lies, if you want to hang on to the flesh stuff you like a lot that you know his word says no to, you're not going to get very close to him. You may get to a certain place because he's always going to woo you. Come on, come on. He finally comes up and says, no, you are choosing your idols instead of me. You are choosing the world's way instead of my way. Amen. And he's like, deal with it. Can I tell you one of the biggest things we need to deal with it? If you're sick, it's time to deal with it. Quit blaming God. You can blame the devil, but he can't do anything in the life of a believer that you don't open the door for. Amen. So, so kind of get to the place where, uh, what's the thing? The buck stops here. My son's hunting. He would love that. You know, <laughs> he said, I was out there yesterday and all there were is does. It's not doe season. All there was does. I wanted a buck. <laughs> it's like, anyhow. So, so that's where you have to stop. So, so Karen had to get to a place to find freedom because she was more mature in the Lord by then. She had to see some things to stop and say, she finally, like she said, she had to quit ignoring it or pretend it faith, pretending it's nothing bad or all these other substitutes that are out there when we don't want to face that we might have to walk through something to get victory. Amen. Amen. Quit pretending and letting it get worse. Just get real about it. Lord, I don't want pretended faith. I want real faith. Lord, show me, teach me your ways. Oh God, help me to understand. Amen. And he's faithful. So. And in Karen's situation, God used the, the revelation and gifts of the Holy Spirit through um, taking her back to where the spirit of death got there when she was a little kid. And she broke the power of those words during that ministry time. Amen. She broke the power of those words 
And because she's a seer, not everybody's going to see. Let me tell you, seeing things, seeing demonic things in the spirit isn't that much fun. Now, seeing Jesus, that's pretty cool. Amen. But don't ever try to see demonic things. Amen. If you do, ask God why you're seeing it. And then what do I do with this? And why can't it show itself like this? What's going on? Amen. Why did that thing show up to her like that? Because he had to give her a spirit of fear. He he's lost his power. He's lost his authority to bring her into an early death. But if he could put a spirit of fear on her, believe me, between the diagnosis, a pretty big tumor, and then a devil showing up in physical form, there was a really strong attempt by the enemy to bring a spirit of fear. Amen? But, and I'm just going to go through, but because Karen already broke through the fear of coming to a church that most people wouldn't go to, of being led by the Holy Spirit outside of conventional Christianity, even with a, at that time, she had a very controlling pastor, like nobody, don't go to home Bible studies. See, there's always going to be things on the path to try to stop you from getting to where God wants you to be. Amen? And that's where hunger for God and truth has to be greater than commitment to, you know, family traditions, commitment to, and you've got to get in the word and see what's true and not true. And so even though it sounds like, wow, what a remarkable healing she had, and it was, praise God, right? There is always a journey, amen? God is always trying to get us free. It's for freedom that he sets us free. If you really stop, I'm just knowing most of you guys, everybody in here has a really book-worthy journey. Amen? You just got to get to the victory part, people, so we can write the books. Amen? And, And Satan has your whole life been trying to destroy you, and God has your whole life been trying to rescue you. Amen? Even before you were born, he already made a way to rescue you. But you have to choose it. So... You can get all the way to the point of sickness, really death kind of sickness. And so what is the message in this particular healing that Karen got? She had a heart that wanted God. She went through a lot of hard things to say yes to him. She had to bust through a lot of fear, a lot of control, a lot of intimidation. She had to be honest about what happened in her past that she shoved way down. She had to be able to forgive and then she had to be uh, sensitive and obedient to call who God wanted her to call for ministry, not just whoever she wanted to call. Amen. If you need to call somebody. And then that person needed to be sensitive to hear God for them. Now, let me say, if I hadn't, God would have brought her to somebody else. Amen. So it's a privilege to be able to flow in the gifts, but I'm not dependent on you flowing in the gifts for me to get healed. Amen. So he would have healed her because she was seeking him and looking for him. And, and she, her own heart was so hungry to know God. Amen. She had forgiven. She'd gone through processes of forgiven. So Satan, if you don't forgive, you cannot be forgiven. In other words, when you don't forgive, Satan has a lot of access to destroy you. 
That's a pretty big thing when God says, if you don't forgive, you cannot be forgiven by the Father. That is a pretty big thing. So we need as, as believers to help people to forgive and not just in words. Help them to really forgive. They didn't know what they were doing. You can forgive. And then you're going to find out there's things in your life that somebody's angry with you about that you didn't even know you did. But then when God starts showing you, yes, you did, you're going you're gonna to understand brokenness and you're going to be able to forgive yourself and then be able to forgive others. The church has got to come into a place of forgiveness, serious, real forgiveness to find healing power um, to start to flow through us. Amen? And so God healed Karen that way. So, so basically, when we're looking... Now, Deborah was different. Deborah came one time, first time, uh, to, the, to BFA. It had to be scary. We were in a little garage building. We're kind of a little bit of a... I don't like to say the word scary, but let's just say we're not your traditional, even charismatic church. You, you really never know what's going to happen. You really don't know when you walk through the doors what it's going to look like. And for those who haven't been way back, we were wilder back then, you guys. We, God matured us. I mean, we've been matured. And because and, um, we were just, we were hilariously wild. <laughs> Our teenagehood was really fun around here. <laughs> Amen. And so, so Deborah had Deborah's part in her healing from breast cancer was to, she listened to the radio. So she happened to turn it on at the right time. Now I'm not talking about you have to come here. It could be anybody's ministry. God's leading you to, or however he's doing it. Here's the deal. Those people will say, well, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. He already proved he wants to do it. You're the one who has to be obedient. You're the one who has to be led by the Spirit. You're the one who has to get out of your prideful place and start humbling yourself and doing what he wants to do because he knows your way of escape. Amen? You are not in charge of the way of escape. That's rebellion. You cannot twist God's arm and say, well, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it this way. You're not going to tell God how he's going to do something. Amen? I'm not going to tell God how he's going to do something. Nobody tells God how he's going to do something. He already knows how he's going to do it. And our part is to yield the Holy Spirit to get right in the middle of that victory. Amen. And it's different for everybody. Amen. It's different for everybody. It's always going to be biblical. It's always going to line up with the word, but he's the one who knows. So, so for Deborah's thing, she had to be obedient to get out of her comfort zone and come to a little tiny meeting in a garage building, um, just from hearing somebody on the radio. And Deborah, it was pretty scary, wasn't it? She's shaking her head yes. <laughs> it took a lot to stay, didn't it? It took a lot to stay, and then, and then God healed her. And in her situation, she didn't believe it, which is fine. I mean, she hoped it. I mean, she wanted it to be true. And the presence of God touched her. And I'm just going to teach this while we're teaching this. With her, um, and I'm teach I like to te train you to minister at the same time I'm teaching God's word. Amen? You don't tell somebody else where their faith is at. You can only minister to people where their faith is. So when she doesn't believe it, and it's a whole story, but when she doesn't believe she's healed and her her chemo nurse however that works 
the, the caseworker, was at the same meeting. That by itself was supernatural, you guys. I had never met Deborah before or her caseworker. One was from Southside, one was closer up to Richmond or whatever. And here they are together in a built with less than 50 people at the meeting. That by itself is a pretty good miracle. Amen? A really pretty big miracle. Amen? So the caseworker would not put in to have her retested before the surgery that was already scheduled. And, and Deborah, I mean, it's a lot of money if your insurance isn't going to pay for this stuff. Your medical was free. Why didn't you get another test? Okay. Okay, so she did get retested. I didn't know that. She got retested, but they, they were so convinced it was cancer that they said what she thinks now is scar tissue. All we know is this. When they removed her breast, there was no cancer there. To the place where they apologized, they thought there was a lawsuit. For a moment, they thought they took the wrong breast, and, and all this mess happened. And, and I will say this for her testimony. Because she did not sue them, and she wasn't trying to get money, which a lot of people would have done. They were scared she was going to. But because of that, I believe that's a big part of why God's making her whole. To, so after her healing, she came back and started getting healed from all the hurt places, all the things in the past that set her up for that. And then when the cancer did try to come back a few years ago, on her own, there was nobody, no matter how much she tried to get prayer or something, nobody connected with her on her way to, uh, to being called to the hospital. They thought they found cancer. And when they got there, and she just took authority, and she prayed, and she rose up, and she took authority. And guess what? By the time she got back, what they thought was cancer was completely gone. Amen? And so, and I'm seeing this, if we could kind of look at the stuff that attacks us as, as, as um, the enemy's attack, but God wants to change us in it, amen? From glory to glory. He wants us to overcome. Just think about it. Everything about the word overcome means you're probably going to have something to overcome, right? See, we don't, we don't want to be overcomers. We want to be nothing happening. Nothing happening here, people. We, we want to be nothing happeners. <laughs> nothing happeners, Amen. That's kind of what we're trying to do in the church with, with some of this itchier preaching. We don't want to go through end times. Well, too bad. <laughs> we're going. Amen. And, and, there's, and we're going to be changed more into his likeness and his image. And so, so sometimes you could go to one meeting and be completely healed. Now, when you look at Deborah's situation... And she kept coming for years later and getting healed from hurt places and abuse and all these things. Had she chosen, and I'm not saying just there, had she chosen just to say, okay, yay, God, and get on with her life and not go back to why did this happen, the root issues, more than likely she would have been seven times worse when that cancer came back and it, wouldn't have, it would have been over. So there's actually medical thing. They, they, when you get healed of cancer, they call it um, remission because they're used to watching it come back. And when it comes back, it's usually seven times worse. There's a scripture about that. Satan gets to go, he's got to go away for a while. Once you do what God wants, plead the blood, get in his will, he goes away, but he is allowed to come back according to scripture, spiritual law. And if there's anything remaining inside of you, basically that belongs to him especially that area where God delivered you. He can come back in with worse demons. And the Bible says your situation is now worse. 
That's why I'm not all about doing deliverance on people who aren't hungry to get whole. Amen. You want to be made whole. What does that mean? God wants to set you free from everything the enemy's done. Amen. He wants you whole. And so it's like, this is so complicated. You know what? We need to quit being so mature and think that healing is a healing line. And you just go to the right person and they lay hands on you and you're healed. How many kind of get that already in the body of Christ? It's not working. Now, if God tells you to go somewhere and they lay hands on you and you're healed, like what happened with Deborah, then praise God. Amen. But then it's still that God, God looks at it and now it looks like what's in their heart. Are they hungry? Do they want to be made whole? Are they just happy now they don't have the inconvenience of, of chemotherapy and being sick and they're just going to go back to who they were before they had their deliverance? Amen? So I just want to say one of the things we need to do is ask God to do something in our hearts where we want to continue to be made whole. We want to continue to have a relationship with him. We, we need to recognize the most important thing about any of this in the kingdom is getting to know the king. Getting to know the king. That, that's really what God's looking at. Holy Spirit's like, okay, do they want me? What has the devil done to make you not want God? What has the devil done that you're blaming God for, that's called a root of bitterness, that doesn't, that doesn't want to know God? So when we're looking for healing, we need to deal with the root of bitterness. I believe personally that maybe, I don't know, I'd say without a shadow of a doubt, but probably, Almost all, if not all, disease goes back to bitterness. Okay? There's only two roots of evil. Two. I don't care how many seminars you went to. There's not a root, there's not a root of a rejection. It's not in the Bible. You can be rejected, which is a weapon of the enemy, to cause bitterness. Amen? You can be abandoned, which is a weapon of the enemy, to cause bitterness. You can be uh, somebody could have, um, done you wrong, been unfaithful, which is what? A weapon to cause bitterness. Satan has weapons that he starts coming at you even before you're born. People speaking, uh, just the idea in today's society, that two people could um, be intimate, have a baby on the way, and have actual discussions about should they murder the baby or not. Like, that, like that's a normal now in our society. That's a normal conversation for someone to have, even if they're married, after they find out they're pregnant. That's how perverted our nation has gotten. Amen. So whether you know it or not, when they have that conversation, they are releasing that spirit of death oh, over that baby. And you think that baby's going to remember where that came from? No. But as someone who ministers, it's time for us to grow up and realize we need to check that. We need to make sure we break off any curse of death that got over someone. You know, there's people all of a sudden they're depressed. They're suicidal. They don't know why. They can't even think of a bad day. 
Well, you may need to go all the way back to what took place in the womb. Even if a doctor sits there and tells somebody, this is not a good plan. This, you know, you, you don't have to have this baby. Then right then a spirit of death is released. So if you're fighting sickness, especially a terminally ill sickness, amen, you need to Break the power of every spirit of death that's been released, whether it's through doctors, through family, through other people talking. It, do you get what I'm saying? The power of life and death is in your tongue. Amen. Now, I, I'm just going to be a little, you need to say things out loud because Satan does not read your mind. He can put thoughts in your mind and you respond so he knows you got his thought. But he never knows what you're thinking. God does, but he doesn't. So one of the things you want to do is break the power of all these things. Amen. You want to break the power of any of this kind of thing. Amen. Well, what if it didn't happen? Who cares? Amen. If I'm breaking the power of a curse over my life, I don't have to intellectually know if it happened or not. I just know in God's rules and his laws that I get break it. If it didn't happen, I don't have to break it, but I'm not going to sit there and debate, do I need to break this or not? How dumb is that? Amen? Now, he can give a revelation, but you can get a little wacky in revelations if you think he's telling you what happened to you and your parents were saying when you were in the womb. Now, he can do that, right? But you can actually sit there and realize, well, you know what? I can break the power of that whether it happened or not, right? We, we get too hyper-weird spiritual, to be quite honest. Oh, I don't know if that ever happened to me. Who cares? You know there's power in the words that if it did, you can break it in the name of Jesus. Amen? And you forgive anybody who if they didn't want you. Don't go ask your mom, did you want me? She might tell you the truth. And she might have wanted you. She might say, well, after three or four kids in a row, it won't right up there on my top list, but hey. Amen? There are things, mm, gosh, I can't get the, mm, okay. There was a situation in my family where someone who should have loved me, and I know deep in their heart they did, but when God had me confront them, they told me, I hated you. Well, you better be a little mature before somebody who's supposed to love you actually tells you what you always felt and that it was, and then you forgive them and you help them forgive themselves. And then you remember the good stuff when that spirit wasn't operating. Amen. We got a long way to go to, to, to really begin to see all this power of healing. Amen. Now, God, God heals. He's always releasing. How many would like to get to a place, though, where you walk in healing or you know Satan can't get you or you know what to do when the enemy attacks? Amen. You know the blood of Christ really is over your house. You know you don't have to sit there. See, we've got to get free from pretended faith and get into real faith. Amen. Real faith comes from hearing God and, and, and knowing what he's telling you and what he's showing you in the word. Amen. And we had some really great examples of pretended faith here uh, when um, the, the big virus broke loose and everybody thought they couldn't have it and nine people came to church with it, all saying they couldn't have it and all with colds and every symptom and acting like they didn't have it. And guess what? They all lived, praise God. But here's the cool thing. We pleaded the blood over the place. God told me what to do and how to do it. And it did not spread to one single person in this building. 
Look at the size of this building. Nine people in here with it and not one person outside of them got it at that point. Amen? See, I'm going to do what he tells me to do. I'm not going to do based on what you think for your house. Amen? Amen? So we have to live in that revelation from God about how to walk in his divine protection. Amen? And part of the, and it doesn't mean you have to be real mature in the Lord. It just means you need to be where he wants you to be and you say yes to him. Um, let's look at the woman with the issue of blood. And then we're going to pray for people. Is anybody getting the yes, this is helping me? Yes. Amen. And, and I really want to start preaching more like this some on Sunday mornings to help the people who are watching us who really have never heard a lot of this teaching. Amen. It was just kind of nice that God's like, okay, now we can teach this. It's like, oh, good. We've already overcome some other things. Amen. All right, let me get to, where's that at? Anybody know? Luke 8, 40. And it happened as Jesus returned. And basically he returned from just casting out demons out of a man who was completely possessed. As it happened, as Jesus returned, the crowd gladly received him for they were all waiting for him. So I want you to get this. If you really want to walk in healing, you really want to be part of that crowd. Waiting for him gladly receiving him. Lord, I just receive you. I'm not going to fight you with my intellect anymore. I'm not going to try to figure everything out. I'm just going to receive you. I'm just glad you're real. I'm glad you're going to show up in my family. I'm glad you're going to show up in church. I'm glad you're going to show up wherever I go to work. I'm so glad. And um, I gladly receive you and I'm going to wait for you. Behold, a man named Jairus, Jair, Jairus came, and this one was a synagogue ruler, and falling at the feet of Jesus, he begged him to come into his house because an only daughter was born to him. She was 12 years old and she was dying. Okay. So he, here's a man who was desperate for God to heal his daughter. And he was a synagogue ruler, but he humbled himself and he fell at the feet of Jesus he begged him to come into his house. Let me say this. For those who listen to people who say you shouldn't beg God, quit listening to them. If it's in your heart to beg God, then beg God. Amen. He's not up there with some rules going, oh, you don't believe you're begging. Forget it. This man begged God for a miracle. He had to believe or he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have left his dying daughter, gone out and found Jesus, fell at his feet and began to beg him. So be who you are. Amen. this isn't about intellectually controlling what you do with rules and regulations that's taught in some people's books. Amen. This is about a heart. God's okay. If your heart is to beg, I, can I promise you, I have begged. I, I begged. I begged for God to heal my daughter. I begged or to bring her back to life. I begged for God to heal my son. Amen. And I'm okay that I begged. Amen. And in my begging, he led me. He showed me, he taught me his ways. Amen. He begged him to come to his house. Lord, please come and do this. God, please come and do this. I just want to free you from some of the doctrine of, that's out there that makes rules and regulations. It's okay to spend time begging God to, to come and heal your husband, to come and heal your children, to come and heal you, to be a healer. It's okay to have intense times of crying out to God and begging him. Amen? 
because he had, and, he, and he begged him to come take care of this daughter. As they were going, as Jesus was listening to this man's plea for his daughter, and they were going, the crowd pressed on them. And a woman being in a flow of blood for 12 years. This woman bled for 12 years. Almost it. Men, y'all might not get this, but the ladies are like, <gasps> 12 years. She had to be so weak. She had to be so anemic. She, she had to also stay away from people in their culture. You had to stay unclean if this kind of stuff was going on. So for 12 years, she was isolated, very weak and very sick. She was dying. And then it's going to the crowd. Okay, that was okay. For 12 years, she had spent every penny she made all her time going to physicians. God didn't rebuke her for going to physicians. Amen. She probably wouldn't have still been alive if she hadn't gone to physicians to, to get to the point of being able to break through and touch Christ. Amen. So this is not an anti-physicians message. Amen. So we need to see this principle. God's, the, God's not saying if you go to the doctor, you don't have faith. But I am saying if you go to the doctor, take your faith with you. More people who don't go to the doctor isn't because of their great faith. It's because of their great fear. You can't fool God and you can't fool the devil when it comes to fear of faith. Faith is God's substance. Faith is his atmosphere. God can literally see when faith is there. The enemy can see. Fear is Satan's. Well, how, how can you tell which is which? Well, one probably has tons of angels in it and one has tons of demons in it. So in the spirit realm, if they see a truckload of, that's why that demon appeared to Karen, that spirit of death, to try to bring her into fear. Okay, mm -mm. all right, get this, everybody. Everybody ready? Those little critters are around you, and they do come into churches. So people say, well, they can't come in here. Well, they came around Jesus. If they could come around Jesus, I don't care what church you're going to, they can go in there. Amen? So if God opened your eyes, we'd probably all pass out right now. Amen. <laughs> I'd be like, oh God, I have more to do than I thought. Then I'd look and say, oh God, you have more to do <laughs> than I thought. Amen. So, so what Karen saw isn't the exception. There's nobody walking around with a terminal sickness or illness that doesn't have a death sentence on the end of it, who does not have that same devil or one of its friends, one in that group whose assignment is to kill you prematurely. It's with them. It's with them. Amen? So part of the thing is to put on worship and praise, take authority over it, tell it to go away in Jesus' name, cast down its imaginations. Amen? Do what the Word says to do. Get out of pretended faith and quit thinking this is just a physical thing. Amen? What's happening on your physical body is a manifestation from what's going on in the spirit realm that has connected to your soul and now has gotten into your body. Amen? So you want to deal with the spirit realm. Amen? You want to deal with the spirit realm. Where did I open the door? Why are these demons around me? Why is this happening? Spend some time asking God, seeking God. You may have to go back and close the door. You should go back and close the door to anything of witchcraft, anything of false religion, anything of hyper-spirituality. Amen? I want anybody to get it. Whether you like what you do or not, if it opens the door to demons, you got to renounce it. Amen? I mean, I renounced karate. I used to do karate. It was almost my wedding. I was supposed to put my foot through a board, and my mother's begging me, if you break your leg and mess up this wedding, 
So I quit. I didn't quit because of, um, I was convicted by God. I wasn't walking with God then. I promise you, right before my wedding, it's probably one of the times in my life I was walking with God the least. How faithful is God? College was not a good spiritual season for me. He was still there. Thank God. Thank God. I'm thinking I would have been the wildest thing on that campus if I hadn't been born again. I mean, those days are probably like, hold her back. Hold her back. She's like, she, like, she just, you know, just freedom. Ha ha. It's freedom to sin. Freedom to bondage. Amen. You don't have, and you, you know, either you're paying for it or your parents are paying for it, but whatever. <laughs> There's a... I know it's worse today, but back when I was in college many, many, many years ago, they really had a lot of parties and stuff in college, amen? And you had access to about anything you wanted to do. Thank God my want-tos weren't near as bad as a lot of people's wants to, but I know it's because God lived in me. And boy, thank God he's powerful enough to hold you back from real destruction, amen? But there's a real spirit realm. There's a real spirit realm. I want everybody to get that. So when I'm fighting a disease, anything, but we're just talking about healing day. When I am looking for healing, I had better begin to let God open my spirit eyes and my spirit ears so I can get revelation from God how to fight this battle. Let me say this. Hmm. We got to quit trying to fight with soulish. That's called a Pharisee spirit. When I take God's word and I make it into rules, I'm now trying to fight the devil with a Pharisee spirit. When I say Pharisee spirit, it's taking Holy Spirit out of his word. So I'm taking it with no power and I'm actually causing rules and regulations and bondage that the Bible says brings death. So don't buy somebody's book, The Five Steps to Anything. Amen? I mean, God may have something in there to show you. So if he shows you to buy it, fine. Nobody could tell you. But you said, nobody can tell you how to do this because everything about being a Christian is being led by the Holy Spirit. Every single thing about being a Christian is being led by the Holy Spirit. How do I do this? What, and, and don't get into a formula thing where if I break this, I people say, well, I went through a weekend seminar and we did all that. You can't do all that in a weekend seminar. First of all, till it comes from revelation from God, it's just you trying to do something. You got to at least have enough time to sit down with God and say, Lord, is this something bother? Is this something that could be attacking me? There's things that I went through and broke the power of quote that years later, something's happening to make me know that thing won't broke. Amen. Cause why now I'm getting the revelation. Oh, this is why I really should hate that. Oh, this is why this is happening. Does everybody get what I'm saying? Doing this without Holy spirit is a waste of time. And it's going to look like it never works or it only works sometimes. The reason some people are healed and some people are not healed is because some people are yielding to Holy Spirit. They're listening to Holy Spirit. They're doing what he wants. But don't judge those who aren't healed because just that judgment opens the door for you not to be healed one day. Amen? Because that's spiritual law. Stay out of everybody else's business. But don't change who God is because of somebody you respect their walk with God. They're, so, I, they're such a good Christian. This is such a shame. Well, where are the bad Christians where this would be good if they had the tar knocked out of them? You know, it's like, what is wrong with us? We're eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, even when we look at who's going through what. The bottom line is, if they're in heaven, praise God. They won the war. 
and nobody knows what is the way of escape and what God is requiring to him. It's given much, much is required. It seems like the enemy is really going after people who knew a lot about God these days and walked in strong places with God these days. And let me tell you what, don't touch why the enemy was able to take them out prematurely. Amen? But know this, God is faithful even when we're not, and God did have a way of escape. But it's okay, they're in heaven. They're cheering us on. They're excited to be there. They don't want to come back. Amen? They won. Now they want you to understand God. They want you to understand who he is and how it works and quit looking at them as either a failure or a success. Quit judging everything. Amen? Truthfully, to live is supposed to be Christ and to die is gain. Amen? That doesn't mean I want Satan to take me out before I've glorified God and done what he wants. Amen? But if he does, the bottom line is still to die is gain. Amen? Actually, when I talk to somebody who's fighting a terminal illness, most of the time I start with, are you afraid to die? And why? Why are you afraid to die? And well, I don't want to leave my children. God's big enough to take care of your children. Why well, don't we're good. You're, aren't, you aren't that needed? You, you don't stay on planet Earth because you're needed. Once again, that's eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, I can't die because I have this, and I can't die because I could do this, and I. You can. You don't have anything going on, but you know, it's like no, it doesn't work like that. God is a God of faith. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, not yet seen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Let me say this. The only way I can hear the word of God is by the Holy Spirit. It's not hearing it by me telling it to you unless I'm anointed and the Holy Spirit is taking my words that are his words and putting them in your spirit. Amen? It's not about how much I've read out loud the word of God. Does everybody get this? The hearing he's talking about for faith is hearing with spiritual ears. Ho! Hearing with spiritual ears and catching what he wants you to catch about that thing right now. Amen? What's the main thing everybody should be getting from this? We got to die to self and live in Christ. We got to be in the kingdom. We got to understand this is not about rules and regulations. This is about God. This is about Holy Spirit knows the way of escape. He's the only one who knows the way of escape. Amen. Don't read anybody. You can read their books if you want, if God leads you. But don't try to formulate how you're going to win. Deborah's thing is completely different than Karen's winning is completely different than this one. And, and no, never put limitations on like, sometimes I can get where like, well, they messed up so bad because God tried to warn them. He tried to show them who am I to decide that God shouldn't do it now because they didn't follow his leading for so long. Break the power of that. Amen. Lord, I don't know. Who knows? It could be the worst heathen that ran back to the world and, and lived like the devil and did whatever. And dang, they deserve to die of that. And then they come in all sick at the very end, wanting prayer. God will probably heal them. Amen. He got them there. He humbled them. Would you want to go through that journey? To get free from thinking, does anybody really want to go back to the world? Because if you do, you haven't ever really tasted the kingdom. There's nothing in the world that I want. See, the areas that you sin in the world are areas that God has something great in the kingdom. 
You just don't want to wait or do it his way. You, 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 mm. You're so messing up because you don't understand how great his ways are. I'll, I'll, mm. My goodness. God's idea of marriage to two born-again, spirit-filled believers who are completely in love with Jesus, and then they come together, and Jesus is right there in the middle of that, and the power of God comes. Oh, my gosh, you talk about ecstasy. So few people ever, ever, ever get to know that because everybody's so messed up. God's ways are amazing, but when we do it our way, then we can enjoy the flesh but we never get the reality of how great his kingdom is. Amen? And the things he has for his kingdom. And the things that stop sickness. The things that stop disease. The power of being in love with Jesus Christ. Amen? Recognizing who he is. This is about his kingdom come. His will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. I am not bringing heaven down. I'm over these cliches. I mean, maybe it's cute. Whatever. I'm not bringing heaven down. Amen? I'm going to go to heaven one day and the king of kings is coming down and he is going to bring a new earth. He's not going to bring heaven here. He's going to bring a new earth here. I don't know what it's going to be like. We need to start studying it because he's preparing the people to rule and reign during the millennium 1,000 years. Amen. It's going to be amazing. People like Thad who really likes to build and clean up and do all that stuff with construction will have a great time. People like me will be like, I got to put on gloves. No, <laughs> <laughs> Amen. He's, I mean, he, mm, every, oh, get rid of this idea just because Jesus comes or get, everything all of a sudden is, is nothing. God likes work. He made the, he made the ants to show you. Amen. He, in his, in his presence, get rid of the retirement idea. Amen. Let, let me just put that there. Get rid of the retirement idea. Get vision. Nothing's going to take you out faster probably than sitting around doing nothing but giving into your flesh and thinking that's what you worked for. You worked all your life to now sit around and, and give into your flesh. What a waste. What a waste of when you could be the most productive person in the kingdom because now you should have more maturity. You should know him and you should have vision for what does he have for this next part of your life. I say don't even retire till you have such a vision burning inside of you for what he wants to do next. Amen. His people perish without vision. They perish without. It doesn't say they perish because they're old. They perish without vision. I would not even think of retiring unless I had vision for what's next. Get rid of thinking like the world. You see, so many people retire, I'm just being honest, Christians retire, and next thing they're full of all kinds of sickness and disease and all kinds of mess because they lost vision. You don't retire. There's no, the word retire is not in the Bible, anywhere. But when you have set things up in such a way, being led by Holy Spirit, that you can now step into another phase of your life with vision, then go for it. Amen. Amen? Don't waste the best years of your life giving into the flesh. Y'all can be impressed all you want, but me watching people uh, swimming, fishing, sitting on the beach every day absolutely does nothing to stir me up to, wow, I wish I was there. 
Now, if God wants me to go to Florida or somewhere to expand this ministry and to reach more people, and, and, and in, in between that, it's going to be some beach days and this and that, I'm fine with it. Amen? Amen? But I'm fine with it wherever he sends me. Amen? People perish without vision. It's a spiritual law. It's a spiritual law. Retirement is the devil wanting to take out a bunch of Christians and call it retirement. Can I get an amen? It doesn't mean when it's time to let go of one thing or they boot you out, whatever, then it's time to go into vision. What is the vision? What is the vision? Not do I have enough money to retire? What is the vision for the next phase of my life? Because God will bring the finances where there's vision. And otherwise, you'll spend your whole life back with the root of the love of money. Amen? She, she's, off, she's, off, she's off target now, and I'm not sick, but I was thinking about this retirement thing. Let me see. God knows who's here, and he knows who's watching. He knows who's listening. Amen? We're talking about sickness. If you're going to perish without vision, it might be through sickness. So it's related. Amen? You want to not have old age sickness? Get vision. Get some vision. I don't know the statistics, but it's amazing how many people do get sick and old and corrupt, you know, just break down after they retire who were fine before. It's because they don't have vision. It's because they don't have vision. Get vision. And if you're getting ready to let go of one phase of life, Begin to make sure the vision for the next phase of life is there. Amen? And if that vision is all about having fun, something's wrong with you. You're not hungry. You're not hungry. Amen? You need to be hungry for his kingdom. You need to be hungry for his, for his purpose. What, what do you have for me, Lord? You, what do you... And you should be having such an awesome time in where you're at now and the vision you're in now that, that you almost have to have a little transitioning and seek the face of the Lord before you're ready to let go, to go into the next part of your vision. Amen? Amen? We're not supposed to live like the world, you guys. We really aren't. And if you're going to live like the world, you're going to get the world's consequences. Amen? I'm not cursing you, so quit thinking it. I'm telling you the truth. There's no scripture about retirement. But that doesn't mean you, you, God can't start taking away what you've been doing, that he has you doing, that he's given you a heart to do, that he's given you gifts and talents to do, that he'll even bless you with finances for doing as he begins to build a new vision. Amen? And I just want to tell you, I don't care how old you are. If you're in this place and you're supposed to be doing something here as part of this body, you need to start praying about what is that vision? What is it I'm supposed to do? How am I supposed to do it? I don't know about you, but the closer you get to what they call retirement ought to be the time that you're really serious. I want to see God's glory. I want to see his will come in my life. I don't want to waste. I've, I've just spent a lot of time with the, you know, the 2020 vacation and, um, <clears throat> and, and I'm really kind of bored. I want to get, I want to get on a plane and go to some nations. Amen. But we're going to build what he wants to build. Amen. Part of sickness and disease is sitting around thinking you're so old. 
and thinking it's over. And you, it's almost like you're sitting there like, come and get me sickness and death and old age stuff and just let me crunch up and die. So you want to know how not to be an old crunched up person being put in a nursing home? Get vision. Amen. Get vision. Get vision. His people perish without vision. Everyone in this room needs a vision. Young people, old people, all people. Amen. What is the vision? Why should I still be alive? Wait a minute. Ask yourself, why should you still be alive? And don't say because your kids need you or whatever. You could be, well, part of my vision is to raise godly children. Okay, that's good. You should be doing nothing that you're doing that doesn't include vision from God. If you do it for money, that's the root of evil. Actually, it's the root of all evil. Amen? You, you can't get outside of the roots of evil and want to walk in divine health. Look how much healthier you are since you quit living for money. It's hard to walk away from a big paycheck. One day I'll find out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Somebody, Dang, I'd like to find that out. Amen. <laughs> I'm, I'm believing it would be hard. Amen. It's hard to walk away from a little paycheck, so I'm guessing a big one would be harder, right? Right? But for health purposes, he knew he had to get out. And God took care of you. Brought you into vision. Keep the vision. Hang on. All right. One of the best ways to not die in sickness, premature sickness. I'm just getting this from Holy. You need vision. So you're not going to spend the rest of your life as you're getting older begging God to heal you. And you're not going to spend your young life asking God, why is this trying to get me? Why is this disease trying to get me? If you begin to get vision, amen, if you begin to get vision, God will bring it to pass. You get God's vision for your life and no devil is going to be able to stop it. Amen. Now you may have to repent. Well, let me say, you're going to have to repent. You're going to have to change some of the things you believe. You're going to have to get more hungry for God. Amen. Right. Yeah. Vision is what nothing. Okay. what What does it say? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, not yet seen in the natural. Okay? So think of it this way. Faith is my relationship with God building towards the very thing I'm seeing in the spirit that I don't have yet. You know what Satan does? He tries to bog us down with so much problems and troubles and issues, especially now, right? I mean, it's really hit, it's really hit the world right now. And God's like, I didn't say let go of your vision because... Uh, the devil's up to something. He actually promises, okay? He promises that in this day of the meeting of uh, industrial comes together with information, when the industrial age is ending, or, or it's never going to end, comes in agreement with the um, te um, techno technology information age. That's the very last age on that thing in Daniel. Amen. It may mean other stuff. I'm not going to get... Thank God for all the different teachers. All see in part. Praise God for their part. Just know their part is a good part. Uh, Baxter, what's his name? Irving Baxter had awesome revelations about the end time I'd never heard before. They were awesome. And I know... Um, was it... What's his name? Merce? Chuck Messler. Messler. 
check messages, has really good understanding about all that, a really good Bible teacher, amen? And, and, but it's all part. I'm a revelation person and in time, get the bride ready person, amen? So everything he gives me, Everything he gives me comes from there. I read the other stuff. I listen to the other stuff. I get, but I flow in what he's called me to flow in. Amen. And so that's all cool. That's why it's so cool for you to go after where God's calling you to go after as long as it's really anointed of God. Amen. But then find out why. What do you want me to do with this, Lord? How do I do this, Lord? His people perish without vision. It's a spiritual law. Does the word perish kind of sound like you're going to die? Kind of, don't it? Don't it kind of, it's not gone, no longer, no longer there. Rather, the enemy takes you down a road of drugs or down the road of running, whatever. It doesn't matter. You're, you're in the process of perishing when you get outside of vision. Amen. And let me say this. If God gave you a vision when you were younger and it hasn't come to pass and you gave up on it, you need to repent and go back and pick it up. I am so full of vision that you would never know that I'm as old as I am. It's like, Lord, I always tell, don't you know how old I am? The Lord says, don't you know what I can do with one year? Don't you know what I could do with 20 years? Don't you know what I could do? I mean, it's like if you would get out of the way and, and die to self and, and just run with the vision, wait and see what I can do. Amen. So, so I, I just believe the Lord has brought this message around for those who are here and some watching. We need to be people who get vision. We need to quit living our lives for the dollar. The love of money is the root of all evil. I'm not telling you to quit your jobs, amen? I'm telling you to get the vision. What is God wanting me to do? What is he wanting me to do? How is he providing for that? What is he doing with that? How do I get there? Don't ever let money determine what you do. Can I get an amen? You would not be sitting in here if it was based on money. And I'm saying, because this is a small, this church costs $800,000 and it's paid for and I had no money to do it. It was vision. And I like this building. I don't want a fancy building. Amen? I, I don't. This is comfortable to me. I, I like it. I'm not trying to have some, that to me, that's for me personally, that's not important. I don't want any more. I would just want to keep this clean and nice and we've got to buff the floors. Amen. Get it painted every now and then stop the roof from leaking. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But I actually like that. Okay. Because my vision doesn't include a big fancy building. If it did, that's fine, but it doesn't. Amen. My vision included a beach house to have conferences and meetings and I pretty much almost gave up on that and when I finally knew I don't even care if I get this guy goes here do you want it I mean I'm sitting there he goes do you want this I'm like you're kidding right he goes no I'm gonna give you this I, I promised it to you a long time ago I'm like oh okay and I'm like oh my gosh then I then I had to let the flesh not make John too nervous I'm like Noah it's up to you honey oh, we're getting this we're getting this amen God wants to restore vision. Would I rather have had the beach house flesh-wise 20 years ago? Oh, yeah. It might have hindered me from getting to my vision. I might have become a beach bum. There's a very possible calling there of flesh. Very strong flesh calling there. Ocean, come sit. Come sit here. Amen. The reason I'm not concerned about skin cancer 
is because I said no. Not to sit down in the sun. I said no to retirement and laying down what God's called me to. Amen? I've said no. I'm not going to have an idol. Does that mean I could still move somewhere? Yes. Do you understand the difference? What's in your heart? What are you really visioning? What is your vision? What is your vision? If your vision does not include glorifying God and as a priority in a real way, something is wrong with your vision and the Bible. That doesn't mean a big ministry, amen? It could mean, you know what, Lord, my vision is I want other people to, to come and feel comfortable and have hospitality and know that their needs are met. Uh, your vision, do you get what I'm saying? Your vision, what is your vision? This is a really good way for God to be leaving, having us leave the American version of a year of 2021 going into 2022 because they've already done that in, in Israel. <laughs> they, they do that in October. Amen? You need to be praying. Believe God when we have our New Year's Eve get together that God's going to give you some vision. It was in 2019, New Year's Eve, that God told me he was giving me America to make it a red state. You guys, I held on to that vision. I fought for that vision. I didn't, I was tempted to leave. My husband wouldn't let me, but, you know, and go somewhere that's really red. But how cool is it that God answered that so quick? Amen. I'm hanging on to the vision for this nation. Amen. I'm hanging on to the vision for this nation. Where does God want me to be and how does he want me to fight for this nation? You need to get vision for your age group. You need to get vision for your children. We need to be people of vision. You know what? We need to get rid of the doctrines of the end times that make us sit around and do nothing and lose vision. We don't need to overcorrect with a doctrine that says Christ, you know, we're going to bring him back and bad stuff will never happen. No, we don't need to have a false itchy ear preaching. Amen. We need to get a revelation and say, can I tell everybody this? No matter what, you're going to have an end time. <laughs> Amen. Everybody in here gets to have an end time from the littlest to the oldest. So what's the difference? What's the difference? Are you going to live your life to glorify God or are you not? Are you going to have the vision he has? If we are definitely in the end time. So what is the end time vision for my life? I really want to encourage you to, to maybe turn off Hallmark movies and YouTube a little bit and sports and football Get your little notebooks out or for those who only use their cell phones and hopefully they won't take all your information away and you won't have it. And ask God, what is the vision? What, 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 what could we do together, God? What could you and I do together for your glory? What, what could we do together for your glory? Could we be part of changing the way People see young people. Could we be part? You young people, could you be part of the way of drawing people away from all the garbage that's all over your culture and to something powerful? That movie was really boring, by the way. Don't even, don't even try, just so you know. I, I get up at the end of the movie on Friday night from the woman's thing. There's like 
Seven of us left. I'm like, everybody left. But the ones that stayed, we liked it. Had a decent ending. But you had to go through a lot of... Anyhow, I was happy to see all that in young people and didn't see body parts everywhere. I thought it was impressive. Amen? People complaining. Christians complain too much. Well, there wasn't enough talk about Jesus, and they, they were in bathing suits. I'm like, can, can I take you down to a real beach and have them all dance on the real beach? And you'll see that was very Christian in that movie. What was it called? A Mary? What was it called? A week away or something. A week, a week away. Anyhow. It was kind of boring, though, but it was still fun. Amen? But for you guys, I'm thinking, oh, God, they did stay. Those teenagers would have been throwing things at me. Anyhow, what kind of movie is that? No, I want you to, I really, if, hmm, you want the number one key to living out all the days of your life? You don't have to focus on not getting sick. Focus on vision. Quit focusing on retirement. I'm, tell, I'm telling you that as a warning from God. What is the vision that you're putting together for me to step into? What is that? I'm, I'm telling you guys something. I'm telling you something serious. If you would start to get God's vision for you and not your mama's vision for you and your daddy's vision for you and your own vision for you, if you would get God's vision for you, and can I promise you, his vision always requires faith, which means it's going to look risky. Amen? Amen? It's going to look risky. But Satan's stealing everything from you he can and from our nation left and right because the church will not get vision and step out in faith. Amen? I mean, I, I just see so much vision in here. I see, you know, vision. Man, I just, want, I, just want to see, I just want to see people who've gone through what I went through, completely healed and delivered. I want to see people who, who still are hurting and bitter, completely set free. I want to see this. I, what do you want to see that only God can do? What do you want to see that only God can do? And then ask him to make you a part of doing that. Amen? So, Father, Lord, we pray for those who are watching. We do pray for healing. Okay, we'll do it. All right, we're going to have a healing line. I'm not going to talk about it, but whew, whew. God's going to heal people today if you got this message. He might heal you anyway, okay? I'm not limiting who he's going to heal. If you got this message and you're getting it, in your spirit, how many know this isn't your typical healing message? How many, how many learn we seem to have no typical anythings around here? Amen. <laughs> Amen. But doesn't it make sense? Doesn't it make sense that God's like, if you would get the vision I have for your life, for my glory, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to teach you my ways for you to enter into it. You're going to have to quit focusing on what the devil's done, and you're going to see what I'm doing, and I'm going to get rid of all your fear. I'm going to get rid of all your wrong roots. Amen? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you into this vision. Amen? And don't let anybody downplay your vision. Amen? And your vision may be so far away from what you can see right now because of your own situation. That has nothing to do with vision. Until you have vision, you're not even walking out of where you are right now. Can I just say it? Until you have vision, you're now staying the same. You might jump from place to place. You might bring other people into it. You might do whatever. Amen? 
Does everybody get me? Your life does not change until you get vision as a believer. Other people just go around every which way. Who cares? As a believer, we are able to have vision. That's kind of exciting. So we're going to first pray for people who have a sickness in their body. And this message really ministered to you. And you're believing to be completely healed. And so if that's you, you can come line up. Lord, right now we pray for all the people who are watching, who got this message in their spirit, that, Lord, they need vision. They need vision. They need vision to step into what, not about how much money they have, not in doing ministry to feel good about themselves, but God, what is your vision for their life? And Lord, I thank you that sickness and disease has got to loose your people in the name of Jesus. Your people are not going to perish, God, because they're going to get vision. They're going to get vision beyond their hurt places, beyond what the enemy's done, beyond their cultures, beyond what's happening in these end times. They're going to get vision with a a future and a hope. Amen? A future and a hope. Oh! So we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.